week, we may talk about um, who in their faith um, community is a source that they can um, connect with. We may talk about their, you know, what's their their life in terms of connecting with their higher power, what's their sacred scriptures that they can, that relates to that situation. And so adding other resources um, to this situation where someone has had a lot of trauma is is one thing that can be a support in terms of looking for spaces where the things can be filled in, whether it's monetary things. You know, if this person isn't really, doesn't have employment, looking for connections, if it's um, physical things like food and shelter, um, seeing if you know someone who knows someone that can have a safe space for them. So sometimes you don't necessarily have to um, step into the actual trauma to be supportive to someone. I've heard um, one person say, um, you may not know how to help what someone's going through, but if you know what can help someone have a better day or feel good, you might do those things. And it might be little things that um, are a major support to that person, especially on a consistent basis. Uh, I see uh, several questions coming in, but I'm going to divert to you, Justin, and let me know which one we want to look at. Um, So Shiloh asked, um, is have you ever felt like you could not help one of your patients with their mental health? I will say I definitely have felt very challenged um, and felt without my uh, dependence on on my spiritual, uh, the, my faith in God and, and being what, what I call the third person in the room. I, I don't know if I'd be able to help that person. And often I, I walk into um, my counseling rooms and and I pray first that I get the wisdom and the grace to understand what it is I need to do. Um, there are times where maybe the work that I'm doing with a person um, might not be enough, to be honest. Maybe there's a, a what we call a higher level of care that might be needed. Maybe there's a specialty that some, you know, some counselors specialize in certain things. Uh, my specialty happens to be integrating spirituality. So while I may be able to help someone say, for example, with grief, there may be a counselor who has taken specialized training or additional training to specifically help with grief. And so sometimes as a counselor, we, we don't just say we're going to solve everything, but we say, hey, we're going to work together to get to um, a good place. And if that in involves adding some other supports from other people, then we'll do that. Um, I'll say that I've also just kind of started a session and thought that, um, you know, this is going to be um, a, some a lot of work. And then later on, you know, by just the nature of the, the therapy itself, come to a totally different place. And um, the person is, is in, in a totally different place, um, in a better place. And I don't attribute that to me or my skills only. I attribute that to the work that the client puts in, attribute that to um, the grace of God. And so that's one of the most beautiful parts of being in this work is um, being committed to the tough situations and seeing things improve. And I have seen um you know, several instances of that happening. It's just so wonderful to be with someone and know that you came with them at one spot and now they're somewhere better. And you're able, I was able to just witness that.
Um, I think Enola had a question that she wanted to ask you. Um, so Enola, you can speak and then Gabe, you can go after her. So for someone who then who didn't grow up talking about mental health or even knowing that mental health existed, what ways can we bring this to light for more people to be aware? Because if more people don't know, then more people growing up with possible trauma that they don't know is trauma and not understanding how they stand in their minds. Nola, thank you so much for um, this question. Uh, this is a great question um, because it, it sometimes it, it might take explaining what this is all about and, and, and getting through whatever biases or stigmas might be connected to it. I often uh, try to find things that a person can relate to um, that are similar with mental health. You know, that's that's what parables are in the Bible. It's, it's um, stories that help a person relate to the the teaching or the idea that's being conveyed. And so one of my favorite ones um, is just simply saying, hey, you know, we've been talking with each other a lot. Like we we have we we grow up with with problems and we grow up with someone to go to, someone we respect um, to get insight from. And, and maybe sometimes we don't. And then the thing is that, okay, if you knew that there was a place where you could talk about something and have someone who has absolutely no expectations, no bias, they're just listening and, and not giving their opinion about it or not telling you what to do, but just listening and, and helping you sort this out out loud, would that be helpful? And, and usually the person says, yeah, sure, you know. And so then we, you know, one of the most common things that I, I kind of hear is this aspect of talking to a stranger about personal issues. And yes, that takes a bit of courage to share something very personal with someone you don't know. However, um, and, and when you do the intake, there are some questions that might feel very personal, um, but hopefully a clinician will assure you and and let you know that one, we are bound to keep everything you say confidential, which means that um, unless there is a threat to someone else's safety or your own safety, anything you share with this person is 100% confidential. And especially with um, uh, clients who are minors, I, I, I usually explain the differences in terms of confidentiality between parents. Um, because that can be an issue of, well, you know, my, my you know, my, my care holder, um, caretaker is paying for this. So they may feel like they are entitled to certain information. Or they want to know how things are going. And but there's an expectation that the the mental health professional lets you know exactly how that's going to work and what information is going to be shared and when. Um, so at any that's one of the beauties of discovering mental health um, and sharing it with others is when you have a positive experience, you can then say, hey, in my experience, this is how this works. And if you don't have a good feeling about a clinician, it's not guaranteed that you have to sit with the first person that you go to. Um, I've had the, you know, as a mental health professional, I've um, myself have sat with different um, 
other professionals for my own personal mental health. And sometimes there's, you know, some things that's not quite clicking right. And I share that. And either we get through that and then now we are able to work more or we realize, hey, maybe I need to shift to a different person. And that's okay. So I would say, Enola, that um, being able to connect to what we typically do as a people in terms of going to someone, sharing um, an issue, and then realizing that, hey, there's a different way that may give you different results that you might like a little bit better. Uh, so I had a question, actually. Um, <clears throat> my question was, when it comes to mental health, I've observed in a lot of cases that people don't necessarily know that they need help. And or though because where people don't know that they need help or they honestly, because they've lived in that mental state for so long, they think it's the norm. So personally, how do you go about, you know, I don't want to say getting people help because other people aren't really our responsibility in a certain, to a certain extent, but how do you go about, you know, telling someone, Hey, you know, you just might need help or, you know, you might need to see someone for this. Thanks. Thanks, Gabriel, for that question. Um, you're right. Um, if you if you grown up in a certain situation, say that trauma is just the norm, then and then no one else is is responding or seeking any support for it, then it may contribute or fall into that stigma that getting help um, means that you're weak in some way or whatever it might mean. Um, I would say there's this term sympathy and empathy. These two terms. Sympathy essentially is feeling sad for someone else's situation. Empathy deals with connecting with the experience that that person is having and, and connecting with the emotions that that person's having. And a mental health counselor, in some moments, that's what happens is a, a mental health professional, I connect with those feelings. So if someone tells me something that's going on, I'm going to respond and say, hey, you know, just listening to you explain this um, really, um, you know, I feel uh, it brings up some some sad feelings because um, it seems like it would, you know, being in this moment would would create this type of experience. Now, I may or may not have had that same experience, but I may have had an experience that is similar to it, and so I can. I can share, well, from my experiences, this is how I would feel and ask how that person thinks about it. And so if you're not a mental health professional, I don't encourage anyone to do any counseling, but you can have empathy. You can say, hey, listening to you talk about this, um, you know, I feel this way or, or it brings up, you know, I'm concerned that you have to deal with these things. And um, I wonder if, if, there's a way that we can, if there's something that would be helpful to, you know, get through this or improve it. And if that person says, yes, I, you know, I could definitely want some help with it, then say, well, you know, maybe there's some other people that that's trained to listen that we can talk to. So you, it, it, it now it's not a, I'm good. You're not, let's get you help. It's a, we're in this together. I'm concerned about what you're going through. What is it that will help get us through this or improve this? And so I think that kind of takes away from the stigma a little bit. Um, and then the other piece of it is, you know, we're, we're in a, a, a faith space. And so there's prayer and, and there's um, 
just waiting. Sometimes it's just not the right time. And so just being consistent and supporting that person, and, and they might not accept it at first, but maybe as we continue to to just be there and be empathetic over time, they'll, they'll, they may come around. Um, so this might probably be our last question because we have to start wrapping up soon. Yeah. But, you know, this year has been really hard for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, the global pandemic um, or even, you know, specifically towards Black people watching, you know, our brothers and sisters being violently murdered by police this summer. Um, so, you know, what's one way that, you know, you can encourage somebody to help, you know, deal with those things that are happening? Yes, Justin, this is um, the, the, the last um, season has been very very challenging, very demanding. And um, to be honest, there's been um, challenges myself to, you know, to what I, what I call find the hope in it and, and, and hold the hope. And so there's a, you know, couple different things. We all have something called resilience, um, meaning that ability to push through, work through, difficult things. And sometimes, you know, we we might be able to push through more than what we think. Um, of course, my first thing is if, you know, having a faith tradition, a faith practice that um, allows people to tap into something bigger than themselves and, and tap into a strength that may help work through that. So, you know, turning to our faith is definitely important. Um, and then for me personally, sometimes what encourages me is I, I think back in history and I think back to things that my people have survived through, my people have um, overcome. And that that same heritage, that same history um, is, is a part of me. And so that's a hope for me that, hey, they made it through it. Um, some didn't. Um, but there's there's a hope and they kept a hope even in the midst of that and some people kept a hope that they never even got to see and so there's that aspect of depending on your faith and thinking that okay if someone else got through this maybe i can get through it too and then lastly it's in um being okay with allowing us to be human and feel and so you know sadness is a feeling that doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's something that you should not have. And anger is a feeling. Um, it's feelings and emotions. They are what they are. They're natural. They come. It's the behaviors and reactions and, and how we deal with them. That's what we have to be aware of and be concerned about. And so um, not suppressing, not ignoring, um, but seeking safe places to feel that safe places to cry safe places to yell um, all of those things i feel would is is what helps us work through this and helps us keep pushing and every day that we wake up and we're alive to me that's a hope and that's an opportunity and that's a belief that hey if i'm awake and i'm alive and i'm able then i have the opportunity to to kind of get through this day <laughs>